Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad you're here this morning in the house of God. We welcome our online viewers this morning. We thank you for tuning in with us this morning. We pray God will bless us continually. Amen. We're serving an awesome God. We're serving a God that is able, a God that cares, a God that loves everyone. He died for us. Amen. So the least we can do is to give Him praise because it's worthy to be praised. Amen. We're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us this morning, we're going to get right into a service. Amen. We had a power pack service this morning. Oh, God, God, move mightily in our service this morning. Amen. And we're looking forward for another move of God in our service. Amen. So we want you to be at liberty this morning and just worship the Lord wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Just make yourself available for whatever God has in store for you this morning. Amen. Stand with us this morning as we pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we come before you this morning. 
With thanksgiving in our hearts and into your courts with praise, O oh God. Lord God, we want to praise your name this morning. Lord God, we want to lift up your name this morning, O oh God. We want to call upon your name this morning, O oh God. Oh, Father God, as we gather together in your presence to worship you, Lord God, in this place this morning, we ask you, dear God, that you may forgive us for every sins, O oh God. Oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will cleanse us, O oh God, from all filthiness, O oh God. We ask you, O oh God, that you will prepare our hearts, O oh God. O oh God, that you will purge us, O oh God. That you will wash us and help us to be whiter than snow, Lord God. O oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord God, to draw nigh unto thee, O oh God. Help us to continue to look to you from whence cometh our help, O oh God. O oh God, you are a keeper. You are a shield. You are a butler. You are bright as morning star. You are the fairest of 10,000. You are the one that we adore. You are the one that we worship. You are the one that we praise, O oh God. As we gather in your presence this morning to lift up your name, O oh God, we ask you, Lord God, for a mighty move of your spirit like never before. O oh God, that you'll open our hearts and our minds, O oh God. O oh God, that we'll surrender our all to you, Lord God. And we told nothing, Lord God, from you, Lord God. For, Lord God, you promise you will never leave us, nor forsake us, O oh God. And, Father God, as we pray this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us individually. Oh God, touch us collectively, Lord God. Let there move of your spirit upon the service like never before, Lord God. Let there be anointing, O oh God, upon our praise singers. Let there be anointing upon the man of God as he come to preach this morning, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, to move freely upon us this morning, oh God, that whatever you want to do, oh God, we want you to do it in the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh God, I pray that someone will make up in their mind to give their life to you, oh God, to give their heart to you, oh God, to repent of their sin, oh God, and to call upon the name, the name that is worthy to be praised. Oh God, we ask you this morning, oh God, that you baptize us with the power of the Holy Ghost one more time, oh God. Oh God, that you will restore us, oh God, that you will fill our hearts and our minds, oh God, and as we worship you, Lord God, this morning, we ask you to touch our online viewers this morning, oh God, touch us this morning in this place, oh God, bless every aspect of oh, the service today, Lord God, those that are sick in their body, oh God, we claim healing in the name of Jesus this morning, oh God, those that are suffering, oh God, from this pandemic, oh God, we pray, oh God, and healing like never before, oh God, that you'll touch their body and their mind, oh God, Father God, as we look to you, Lord God, we look to you because, oh God, you, our help, come and look to you because you are worthy to be praised, oh God, have your way among us this morning, oh God, for it's not by mind, oh God, it's not by power this morning, but it's by your spirit, oh God, we want your spirit to dominate this place this morning like never before, oh God, like as the scripture said, but when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, help us to be in one accord, oh God, help us that the spirit of God will move upon us like never before, for we know this world is not our home, oh God, you're going to prepare a place for us, that where you are, we may be also, oh God, and as we lift up your name this morning, we ask you to have your way, oh God, have among us, oh God, have your way among us like never before, oh God, help us, Lord God, to continue to give you all the glory, oh God, all the honor, Lord God, because you are worthy to be praised, oh God, we worship you this morning, as we call upon the mighty name of Jesus, come on church, let's just worship the Lord 
this morning. Let's just praise him this morning. Oh, hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, God, we magnify your name this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Happy way this morning. Oh, happy way this morning.
you, Lord. I count on one thing.
your children and their children and their children. May His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you. All around you and within you, He is with you, He is with you. Lord, in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, He is for you, 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 He is for you. He is for you, He is for you, He is for you.
so grateful for your blessing, Jesus. We're so blessed. We're so grateful for your presence, Lord. We worship you, Jesus, for being our strong tower, Jesus. For being our way maker, Jesus. your name. There is none like you. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you for health and strength and for life eternal. We thank you, Lord God, for keeping your eyes upon us and loving us and forgiving us and delivering us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We lift our hands to you. We lift our voice to you. We lift our heart to you, Lord God, 
Therefore, we want you to be glorified in this place. We want you to be magnified in this place. We want you to be exalted in this place. We've come to honor you. We've come, Lord God, to praise and worship you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Ah. We thank you for your presence. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. For where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we thank you for your presence because we feel and we're experiencing that liberty. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Oh, Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning and we want him to continue to reign in this place. If you have a prayer request, slip your hand up and let the Lord know what is on your heart this morning, what you want him to do and what you want him to do in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. For every person this morning, Lord God, that have joined us uh, virtually and those that are here in this house, uh, I join with them in prayer this morning, Lord God, uh, asking and petitioning you for your will to be done. Uh, Lord, they have a need, Lord God. Uh, and if they didn't have that need, they would not have put their hand up, Lord God. Uh, they're believing in you, for you are the source, Lord God. Uh, they're trusting in you, Lord God, uh, asking for an answer. And now, Lord, we've come touching and agreeing for that answer for your intervention, for you to do only what you can do. And we touch and agree this morning, says, let it be so. Let it be according to your will. Let it be according to your will. Oh, I thank you, Lord God, for deliverance. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord God, for salvation. Oh, God, I thank you for revelation. I thank you, Lord, for bringing us through, Lord God, and for breaking down the barriers. I thank you this morning, Almighty God, for healing and deliverance and for salvation salvation. I thank you this morning for unity and togetherness and for love and for kindness and for faithfulness. I thank you this morning, Lord God, for the blessings of God that has flown into our houses, into our homes, and into our relationships. I thank you this morning for victory in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate him and thank him for his goodness and his mercy and his love. There is none like you, Jesus. Jesus, there is none like you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, there's something happening in this place. There's something that the Lord is doing in our houses, in our homes, in our lives, and in this church. Amen. I greet you this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thanking God for just loving us and being so gracious to us and showing up because he didn't have to. He didn't have to show up, but he decided he wanted to manifest his presence among us. And I'm grateful this morning. Are you grateful that the Lord decided that he wanted to manifest his presence among us? Oh, God, we thank you. Heaven is going to be something. 
Heaven is going to be something where the presence of the Lord is will be so strong, will be so great. Heaven is going to be wonderful. And oh my God, we want to be in that place when that time comes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more time, let's clap onto the Lord. Amen. We had a great service this morning at 9 a.m. And Lord bless and did great things. You may be seated. And we thank God for that. A couple of things I want to make mention to you this morning. I mentioned to the uh, 9 a.m. service, um, we've been having some issues with our Wi-Fi, and it's not really directed to us. It's just one of those things. They're trying to upgrade uh, their infrastructure here at the fire station, and um, there is some interference, and we can't do anything about it but just try to work through it. So we apologize to uh, those of you that normally join us virtually. Uh, we're doing our best to keep things going. What we have done is um, we we have a MiFi um, hotspot or uh, MiFi Wi-Fi um, just so we can connect to that and stream our services. So far, it's holding up, and we thank God for that. <laughs> um, and until they get everything upgraded here, uh, we might have to do it that way. But just bear with us. Um, trust me. Um, if you know me a little bit, you'll know. I don't like uh, things that's not right. I want everything to be right. I like to make sure everything is tight and right. And um, this one is kind of out of my hand. And so when I went to Verizon, I said, just give me the very best you have so we can have strong signal. And they gave me the very best that they have. I wanted to um, get our own um, cable system run into here. But of course, we are in a township property. And uh, for those of you that don't know, um, you can't just get approval from the township to just hammer a nail in a piece of wood that they own so that that's a long process and so we didn't even bother going that way once we realized that we would have to go through the township in order to run a line from the pole to come in here so those are some of the things that we're up against but I say that to you to say we need a building we need our own building and um, we don't want to lease a, a, a place because if we lease a place it's probably going to cost about six thousand dollars a month and that's not including all the other stuff that you have to do for upkeep and all of the other stuff. So I just feel like that's money being thrown out the door um, because we're not owning it. We're going to have to do things to it to make it fit what we need. And so that's spending a ton of money knowing that it's not yours and you can, you know, um, just just be throwing money out and not have anything that you own. So that wouldn't be wise, I don't believe. And so we need a building to purchase and it's not going to be any cheaper than $1.2 million for any building in this area. This is where God wants us. If he wants us someplace else, he'll tell us. But this is where he has made clear he wants us. And so he will make the way. But sometimes the, 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 what, what is needed is, is we can provide it. And sometimes we don't really realize that we can provide it. Um, and so I have to bring it to you, let you know what the need is so you can never say you didn't know what the need is because you might know somebody that can give us $1.7 million. Remember, I told you um, that, you know, all it takes is for someone to have the opportunity because this is an opportunity first to be uh, to be able to give to invest in the kingdom of God. Greatest investment any man can make. Not not anything that you do on Wall Street. The greatest investment, everything you do on Wall Street one day, it will mean nothing. It will all be gone. But when you invest in the kingdom of God, that is eternal. So the greatest investment any person could ever make is in the kingdom. So if you know anybody that's a millionaire, if you know, know them, go to them and tell them, I need you to make an investment that you will never be able to make anyplace else. This is the greatest investment of your life, and that is to invest in our church. And what that entails, we need $1.7 million to, be, to purchase a building. 
And, and trust me when I tell you, the person who steps up and does that, oh my goodness. If the Lord tarry that person and their family and their generation, oh my goodness. I cannot tell you what will happen in their family. I've seen it. I've seen it down in um, Louisiana where uh, um, people that were well off invested in the church and they, they have grandchildren and great grandchildren that's being saved right now today because 30 years ago, 40 years ago, their father, their grandfather, their great grandfather had invested in that church. And still today, people are coming in from that family being saved and being and, and known that one day they're going to be in heaven. So that investment is no joke. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter if you decide to make an investment in the kingdom of God, this local church is asking you to use this avenue to invest in the kingdom of God. And when you do so, you are sowing a seed that only that God is the one that's going to pay back that forward. And so I'm telling you, talk to somebody that have the money, tell them invest in us and let us move forward in doing God's will, because it is a great, great will that we will do in this earth. So uh, just stick with us hanging there we'll get it together um we're not relying on man we're relying on god and so um we're just grateful for everyone being patient and trying to work through this um anytime the service is interrupted because of the wi-fi we are recording the services so at the very least we will post it on our website and on youtube and on facebook at some point in time during the day. So that's the best that we can do. We don't have control of it. But thank you for um, sticking with us and not, um, you know, giving up on us. Uh, I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Welcome again to Christ Centered Church. Amen. Um, this week, we're fasting starting tomorrow. This is a fasting, prayer, and consecration week. I told a 9 a.m. service, and I want for you all to joining, join in with us. It's a really wonderful opportunity. We're fasting and praying and consecrating because we want to know God's will for us individually and God's will for us collectively as a church family. And we want to make sure that we're hearing from God. We want to make sure that we are doing what he wants us to do. And so we need to take this week out and really consecrate ourselves to fast and to pray and to seek God for what he wants. It's not about you trying to make God do something you want. You can't make God do something you want if it's not what God wants. So as we fast and pray, I said, um, you choose whatever three days this week you want to dedicate to fasting and praying. Uh, some of you could be on medication. Um, I want you to eat as the doctor wants you to eat while you take your medication. So don't interfere with that. But just change something, sacrifice something along the way to say you will fast with us. Those of you that can fast normally, you can decide to do one meal a day. For the three days that you choose this week, it doesn't have to be any specific days. I said I am choosing to do Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Those are the days that I will fast. You can do whatever you want. You can do Monday, Friday, Wednesday. You can do, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever you want to do. So don't make it anything like, oh, I got to do these days. No, whatever day. But I want you to sacrifice um, what you normally eat. And, 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 and eat less or don't eat at all. Um, so you can go three days without food. You can go two days without food and one day with one meal or all three days with one meal or just whatever it is, just sacrifice. And while you're doing that, here is the thing. The Lord spoke to me in prayer this yesterday morning and told me we need to fast from social media this week. 
we need to fast from social media this week. So unless it's job related, please, if you're going to be with us, if you're seeking the Lord just like we are, if you're together in unity with us, leave the social media out this week and just do the things that will uh, what did I say? That will be godly. Um, anything that will um, contribute to helping you in the things of God, do those things. But don't don't mess around with um, the things that is not edifying you. And I know somebody's going to say, I heard you say that there's some spiritual things on online. Yeah, leave those spiritual things online alone this week. Okay. Um, just read your Bible. Sit sit in your quiet place and read your Bible. Okay. Um, leave the online um, scriptures alone. Leave, leave, leave the online encouragement alone. Leave those alone. Try to get your own time with God because all of us must have our own relationship with Jesus Christ. And so sometimes we're depending on others to help us in our relationship with Christ. But there comes a time where you got to say, Jesus is just me and you. And the good news is what a privilege it is to have a God where it could just be you and him. Back in the day, and some people still do it, you had to go to a man and tell that man, hook me up, talk to Jesus for me. And we have this great privilege right now where we don't have to go to no person to ask them to talk to God for us. We can go directly to him. Why not take advantage of that? So you don't have to go to nobody this week. Just go straight to him for yourself. Take some time out. Don't let anything, as I said to them this morning, I'm a James Bond guy. I will not be watching any James Bond this week. Okay, no James Bond for me this week. Um, I want to do the things that will help me spiritually. So join in with us in our fasting and praying, our consecration. If you hear anything from God next week, you can testify about it. We want you to tell us what God has said to you, how God has worked in your life this week. So join us with our fasting and praying. I believe God is going to do something miraculous. Do you agree? Amen. I want to say to Mr. and Mrs. Ethan Scarlett, I am so happy for you all. Stand up so everybody can see Mr. and Mrs. Ethan. Come, I know, Shauna. I, I know. Don't even worry. Hey, let me give you a little secret, Shauna. You're married now, so there's some things, you know, you should be trying to be in a cut a little bit. You can't even do it because you're a wife now. You know what I mean? You can't even be in a cut no more. You know, you're a wife now. And when the kids come, you're going to see how much, then you won't even think about it anymore when the kids come because you just know how it is. When you get kids, it's just things change. But I am so happy for y'all. Ethan, I was proud of you. And I watched how y'all just enjoyed yourself at y'all wedding. I'm just so happy. I walked away. I know we had a little interruption there with the food stuff. I, I just want you to know, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it. All I thought about was you two. I couldn't think about nothing else. Even if I didn't ever taste nothing, I didn't care. I, I looked at you all and I thought about you. And when y'all did y'all choreograph stuff, I was, I was look, oh, I, said, I said, look at Shauna. She a queen now. They, you know, he's he doing his stuff for her. So I love y'all and I am so happy for both of you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your special day. Amen. Man, uh, we had a good time. And I appreciate them. They, I like it when I, when the young people get, you know, married and they enjoy themselves. They with the one they want to be with. Oh man, that, that's just lovely. So, Ethan and Shauna, God bless you. We'll continue to pray for you. Make sure um, those of you that's been married for a little bit, you know, give them a little something when you can. You know, um, don't give them no crazy advice because what worked for you might not work for them. So don't give them your advice. Just, you know, give them prayers and give them money. Those two things, they will, those two things will never have problems. Just give them prayers, give them money. Never got to worry about it. Amen.
I got one other thing I have to do here. Um, well, I guess I got to do what I got to do, right? And so we'll see. Um, I got to give away two prizes. And so remember, we had our virtual walk. We're, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to finally put the virtual walk to bed. We're putting it to bed. So, of course, um, um, you know, um, the scientist called me up the other day because his brain can't stop working. He always got something to do and say, the scientist called me up the other day and say, Pastor, I understand what you were trying to say. I said, what was I trying to say, brother? He says, yeah, walking is different from running. You want to know how walking is different from running, Pastor? I said, go ahead, scientist, tell me how walking is different from running. He said, well, when you run, at some point in time, both your feet are off the ground. When you walk, both your feet will always touch the ground. So guess what? I'll finish, I was the first walker that finished. <laughs> Everybody else that ran? Okay, whatever you want to do. You can call it whatever. But since we are Christians in this church and we do what we say we're going to do, I want the second place finisher that ran to come and get a certificate, Josiah Scarlett. We said we would give you a gift card so you come and get it. Amen. You were the second place runner that finished runner. And the first place runner, come on, Matthew. This is the man right here. This is our runner. I hey, I don't know a lot of doctors that can run, but... Here's your gift certificate. Don't, stay, don't leave. So, so Matthew, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I hope he never changes. But I, I think Matthew's going to be a doctor. And so I'm just loving it. Doctor, that's a runner. And um, Josiah, we, we, we got a lot of stuff going on over here. We got athlete. We got singer. We got musician. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If you sang, it means you're a singer. You see, I, now you understand why we had this running, walking thing, because he's singing and says, I'm not a singer. He ran. He might as well say, I'm not a runner, too. You're not a runner? He might, he might as well say, I'm not a runner, because <laughs> you ran. Tom, give us a picture over here. What we got to do? Come in the front. Come on. We got the, we got the front of you. Here we go, my guys. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Get closer. I love these guys. You want a mask on? Come on, man. They trying to be safe. They trying to be safe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Woo. All right, won't have to talk about that no more. Yep. Isaiah. Who came in third? Isaiah. He was supposed to get what? What were they supposed to do? Uh, um, a mug. Y'all gave that to him. I don't know if he got that. He got it. His his his, his mug. I don't know if he want to drink out of that. He should feel guilty drinking out of that. Almost died running. You feel guilty drinking out of that. That wasn't legit. Anyway, Brother Tom, we have announcements? Come on, let's do some announcements. Then we'll do our offering and we will get into the word of the Lord. Our Wi-Fi holding up over there, sister? It's the Verizon thing, our Wi-Fi? Lord help us. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is going strong. All right, Wi-Fi, keep it going. Amen. Come on, Brother Tom, with our announcements. Morning, church. Pastors already hit a couple of announcements, two, three things. Uh, firstly, uh, our next Zoom meeting is going to be on Tuesday the 13th at 7 o'clock. If we don't have a way to send you the link, 
please connect with us. We need a, a number to text it to. We need a, uh, an email to send it to. Something so that we can send you the link. We would like everybody to join us on that evening. And um, that'll be at 7 o'clock. Um, All Nations Sunday is going to be a big celebration here. As I uh, shared a couple weeks ago, uh, Brother Scarlett is the, uh, the minister over the entire district for uh, multicultural um, efforts. And we are going to celebrate just like we always celebrate. But we've got some cool things planned. Um, invite someone to join you either virtually or to uh, be here with us. But we would love to have you present for that special celebration. Um, and on that note, after service next week on the 11th, so one week from today, those who are participating in the special ceremony, please be here. So that, um, at the end of the 1030 service, we want to uh, be able to um, do some, um, some, some testing electronically. And then the last thing I want to share is that um, we have um, a, a Christian living series that we, uh, that we do. We do all kinds of education here. We have a relationship series that happens annually. We have leadership uh, instruction that happens all throughout the year. But every single Saturday, uh, we have um, an adult class, and we have a juniors class, and on Wednesday, we have a teen class. And so the adult class is at 11. The juniors class is at 1030. That's on Saturday. And the teens class is 630 on Wednesday. Once again, if we can have your email address or your, your, your um, telephone number to be able to send you the link, you can join us and you can take part of what used to be Sunday school is now happening on the, these days in order for us to all be immersed in the word. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise God. I'm serving an awesome God. Amen. I love the Lord with all my heart. Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart and with all my soul. Listen, I, I, I love my family, and I love my church family. I love everyone else that is out there. You know, I, I have some customers that um, sometimes we have conversation, and I said, you know, we're family. That's what I said to them, because I see them either monthly, weekly, daily, or, you know, you name it. You know, so, you know, saying this to say that, um, God has been very good to us, you know, um, I, I, I was, um, you know, I was watching, you know, my family, you know, praising God and, and, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's tough sometimes pastor, um, in the sense that, um, you know, I know this is not a testimony service, but it's on my heart this morning and, um, you know, Joe's going to be with us today and then, you know, during the course of this week he's going to be back in college. But, um, you know, I love my family. <laughs> you know, um, th th there's a songwriter said, what God has for me, it is for me. And, you know, regardless of the thing, things that we go through in life, you know, we're, we're in this thing, Brother Daryl, together. And, and, you know, if we, if we stay in this thing together and make sure when we stay together, we have God as our number one priority. Because if God is with us, there's nothing going to stop us from making heaven our home. Amen. But once you get God out of the equation, you know, that's when everything is going to 
you know, they said everything's going to break loose around you. You know, so I want you to give a good offering this morning. You know, give an offering, uh, you know, as pastor echoing, and I'm echoing again. You know, if you know someone that have 1.7 million and they want to be a blessing to our congregation, this is your church home. This is not for us. This is for all of us. And we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be at peace. We want you to be able to come in the congregation where you can worship God freely without worrying about nothing, any kind of endurance or any kind of setback. So I'm, you know, plain to anyone out there this morning, you know, uh, if you have $1.7 million and you want to be a blessing, you know, for those millionaires, it's going to be a tax write-off for you. You know, so we want you to make sure, you know, um, you know, give one point seven million if you can. We can take one point five if you have that. If that's all you have, we'll take it. You know. But we're serving an awesome God and we want you to be a blessing because the more you give unto God, the more God will bless you. I've proven that for myself. I've proven God being a blessing to me. But that's for another time. You know, I can able to share that with you. Um, so I'm going to invite you all, if you can stand with us, and we're going to receive our morning's offering this morning. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this time of service, O oh God. We thank you for your blessing and what we have already felt in this place, O oh God. We ask you, dear God, that you will keep us and that you will guide us this morning. As we're about to receive this morning's offering... We ask your blessing, O oh God, upon every giver, O oh God, for that person that have that $1.7 million that is wondering, what should I do with it, O oh God? We ask you to touch them, Lord God. O oh God, for that mom or for that dad. Lord God, for the parents that is out there, Lord God, wondering where they're going to find their next meal, O oh God. We ask you to open up doors for that person this morning, O oh God. We ask you to bless us and keep us as a family and help us to continue to grow in the grace and in the admonition of your love. We give you all the glory. Glory, we give you all the honor, and we thank you for what you're about to continue to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Remember, if you give electronic, you can give to CCC uh, Cash App. We have CCC 2711. You can uh, see Sister Patrice. And uh, just be a blessing this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's turn to the book of Romans. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Thank you, Brother Josiah. Amen. Joe, we're going to all miss you. Amen. But, you know, as a man, I'm not saying this is not this. This is, you know, not the same for a woman. But as a man, um, you kind of understand the whole process of um, how you come to be, you know, where you have a family. And I'm sure Brother Scarlett probably can go back to where he did not know Janice. And then finally he got to know Janice a little bit. And, um, you know, um, he kept going to Janice's house for a little bit. Mom and dad probably trying to say, what are you doing at our gate? You know, our moms are, especially back in those days, parents was tough. What are you trying to get my daughter for? And, you know, but he kept pursuing, kept pursuing, till finally he got them to agree to let Janice talk to him a little bit. Well, you know it. You know, they hide in the corner kissing. Then, 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 you know, they, they, you know, they in church, so they can't be doing too much. So then, you know, he, you know, had to figure out how you're going to get married. They set up the married time to get married. No Josiah, no Ethan was even thought about. And now he stands here this morning and he has Janice, Ethan, and Josiah. Those are the kind of things that you think about as a man where it was nothing. This is why you can get emotional like that. So men Especially when we start climbing up to a little bit in age, you start to really assess things and you really realize you know how it got started. You know what all entails of where you are and why you're saying family and why you, you, you are where you are. You know the road that got you there. That's, that's, you know it. So when you see it, you're just like amazed and you just thank God because when you're in God, you realize this was God orchestrated and you just thank God for that. So Brother Scarlett... I am there with you. I I am always grateful to hear stories like when a man stands and say, I love my family. And not just saying it because he's saying it, but saying it because he loves his family. I appreciate hearing that this morning. And uh, I appreciate all you men that are doing your very best to be a great father, a great husband, and to be a man that takes care of your family. That's just, that's what God called us to do as men. And so I salute all of you this morning that um, are doing the very best you can with the help of the Lord to take care of your family and to love them and do the very best you can to make sure you can say, I did what I was supposed to do. And no matter what we do in life, um, as men, uh, the two most important things to do in life is to love God and take care of what God has given you. And the first thing God gave you when you got married was that family. When you became of adult, so to speak, and, and you now take on the role of responsibility. God gave you that family. Take care of them and love them. Amen. Romans chapter 13, verse number 14. I only have one portion of scripture this morning, and then we'll get into a lot of other portions of scriptures, obviously. But just one that I want to read to you this morning, and then we will get into the word of the Lord. Again, it's good to see everyone this morning. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. Just know that being here this morning is not in vain and challenge yourself every time you come into the house of the Lord to say, I did not wake up and go through all the formalities of getting myself together and coming into the house of the Lord just because it must be worth something. It must pay some dividend. That's how I look at it. Got to make this worth something and pay some dividend. If not, why are we doing it anyway? 
you know. Romans chapter 13, verse number 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I, I, I want you to know this, that our behavior, our actions are influenced by three different sources it's either influenced by the word of god or by the word of god and the spirit of god it's either influenced by our the bible calls it our our flesh our carnal man which is um our intellect how we think how how we see things our experiences so we're either um, being influenced in our behavior by the spirit of God, the word of God, by our own flesh or by the spirit of Satan. Those are the three entities or uh, sources, if you will, that will dictate your actions. No matter what you think, you can't get outside of that. You can. There's no other source that influence your behavior. You can't get outside of it. Once you were created, once you entered into this world, you cannot get outside of those sources of your behavior. There's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you, that could stop that is if you weren't born. But once you are born into this, your behavior now will be dictated by the spirit and the word of God or by you or by the devil. And there's nothing you can do about it. So we should always try to figure out who is dictating our behavior. I want to talk to you on this topic today. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Or just simply put, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to come together one more time. And oh God, you have been so good to us. We thank you for your presence that has already been manifested in this house. Now, Lord, we pray that you will speak to our hearts and minds that change, transformation will take place in the inward part. And that we will leave this place today differently than how we came in. We want you to have your way today, Lord God. Speak to us. I pray your spirit, Lord God, to inspire and influence everything that I will say, that I will be guided by your spirit. And that, Lord God, you will place me in the flow of your spirit to do thy will. Touch our ears to hear what the spirit is saying unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. amen. You may be seated. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek verb translated put on is enduo. The Greek word translate put on is in duo, which literally means to envelop in or go down into a garment or other articles of adornment. Therefore, the question then becomes for us today, what does the scripture means when it says put on the Lord Jesus Christ? If put on means to envelop in or go down into a garment 
or other articles of adornment, then what does the scripture mean when it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Certainly, it is being used metaphorically because how do we actually put on Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. It is important to understand that the metaphorical use of a word in scripture will not invoke a meaning that contradicts the literal definition. What does that mean? That means that if it says put on the Lord Jesus Christ, metaphorically, then literally it will have the same kind of meaning. It will be the same thing that you will have to do in its literal sense. But it still seems kind of ridiculous, literally, to put on Jesus. So what does it mean to put on the Lord Jesus? In Luke 24, verse 49, the word of the Lord says, And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. In this verse, we're not putting on the power from on high, but it is being put on us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are being immersed into, enveloped by, clothed with, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But our scripture text tells us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is not the same as the Lord Jesus filling us or putting on us the Holy Spirit. It cannot be the same because Jesus is the one that gives you the Holy Spirit. You can't take the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Uh, I used to hear people say, I went to church then, I caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I caught the Holy Ghost. You can't catch the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you got to be given the Holy Ghost. And the giver of the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost himself, Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. So it's not the same. You can't say, well, I have the Holy Ghost. So I have put on Christ. Not what it means. Because it does not fit the definition of enduo. Here are three verses of scriptures which offer us contrasting terminology that still defines the word enduo, which is to put on. Matthew 27, 31. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him. And put his own remnant on him and led him away to crucify him. Key word there, took off, which is the contrast in opposition to meaning to put on. Romans chapter 13, verse number 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Cast off, put on. Key words there. Second Corinthians five and three. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Naked equals the contrast in opposition to the meaning of being clothed. So let's just say this. If we have not put on the Lord Jesus Christ, clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
it is safe to say in God's eye, we're naked. If we have not put on the Lord Jesus Christ, because putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is a spiritual garment. And if we have not put on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is spiritual, it means that we are spiritually naked. Many of us are spiritually naked, but unaware. Mm -hmm. We're naked, walking around, but we just don't know. How do you know that you're spiritually naked? How can you really understand that you're spiritually naked? And the first thing I will tell you that you know you're spiritually naked is if you're hiding from God. Mm Mm-hmm. Calling my oldest son out. I ain't see him two Sundays in a row. Um, I ain't see my other son, my second oldest, two Sundays. They hiding from God. When you hide from God, you're naked. I can talk to my kids like that. I'm not talking to you, not talking to your kids. My kids, my two oldest are not here. They're hiding from God. Mm-hmm. And so that's. How you start to examine yourself to see whether or not you are clothed with Jesus Christ. You have to look and say, am I hiding from him or am I seeking him? Mm -hmm. How do you know if you're hiding from God when you're not praying? You know you're hiding from God. How do you know that you're hiding from God? No service. To God, How do you know you're hiding from God? No worship or praise. How do you know you're hiding from God? By not being present when the body is assembled together. Those are evidence that tells you that you are naked spiritually because you're hiding from God. Adam, where art thou? And Adam We have to assume him and God always met together. Him and God was always connected. And the day he sinned, he started fleeing from God. And God had to say, Adam, where are you? You know why? When you are naked spiritually, you don't want to be seen by God. (laughs) Nakedness usually have us wanting to cover up. Nakedness want us to hide. And so when we don't have on Christ, like we're supposed to, we tend to hide. But God wouldn't tell us to put on Christ if we could not put on Christ. And, and, and that's what we must understand, that God will never tell you to do something that you cannot do. Tell Rosalie, I said, hello. I like Rosalie. She got a boyfriend with pretty eyes. I met him at the wedding. And I went over to Rosalie, and I, and, I, and I said, she watching? And I said, I said, Rosalie, everything good? She said, yeah. I said, so when your time coming with all this stuff, your good friend Sean is doing everything, well, when your time comes, that's what preachers do. I don't know why we want to marry off everybody. But I said, when your time? She said, well, I said, this is your boyfriend? She said, yeah. I looked at him, he looked up at me. I said, man, you got some pretty eyes. <laughs> he did. He did, man. I said, Lord, this dude got pretty eyes. <laughs> but tell Rosalia, Rosalia, I'm giving you a shout out. I miss you. You did great at the wedding. Tell your pretty eye boyfriend to come visit us too. 
See, already told her the whole world he your boyfriend. So when you come in with him and all the other girls say, boy, you got pretty eyes, they all know it's yours, though. <laughs> Not officially, but we getting there. My goodness, help me, Jesus. Huh? Don't do that? All right. Well, it's already done. <laughs> it's already done. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? It's already done, man. That's just what we do. Hallelujah. And so when we behave these kind of ways, what we are saying is we're naked. We have not put on Christ. But Christ is calling us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ because we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15.53, the word of God says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Here's the little secret for you. When you put on Christ, death will be swallowed up in victory. When you put on Christ, death has no power over you. When you put on Christ, you will be victorious and you will make heaven your home when you put on Christ. But we got to ask ourselves, how do you put on Christ? Uh-huh, uh-huh. There are both physical and spiritual things that we are, are to put on. The scriptures also records intangible things that are metaphorically to be put on. Incorruption and immortality. The new man, which is when we get saved, the various uh, specified articles comprising the whole armor of God, bowels of mercy, and other expressions of love towards one another. However, none of... The, the these things, these these metaphorical things that's referenced define what it means to put on Christ. So what does it mean to put on Christ? We will not enter eternal life with Jesus Christ if we are naked. We must be clothed with the right garment, the right attire to enter eternal life with Christ. It is also very interesting to look at what and duo mean in a different sense here. We're going to break the word and duo up. That's the same word that means to put on, right? And when we break it apart, N, E, N, and duo is the two words we get out of it. N really means a fixed position in. And duo means to sink or to go down into. And so, and duo means that we, we are fixed in a position that we are in. We go down into that, that, that garment and we're fixed in it. So when, when, when the word of God tells us to put on Jesus Christ, we're supposed to get down in it, be enveloped by it, and stay fixed in it. Mm-hmm. He's not just telling us to put on Christ and just throw something over your shoulder. Interesting enough, baptism is a total immersion and submersion, a going down into. So that's why you can't be sprinkled and call that an acceptable baptism. 
because you have to go down in. You got to be submerged. You got to be immersed. You, you can't just be sprinkled. There's no scripture in the Bible. There's no words that you can find in the Bible that says baptism means to be sprinkled. All of it is to be submerged in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember what I said. You can look throughout the Bible to find people being baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and you will not find anyone in the Bible ever been baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You cannot find that in the Bible. So I am not trying to do something that is not in the Bible. I'm trying to do what's in the Bible. And so I saw people got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. And that's why I got baptized that way. And for those of you that got baptized that way, that's why you got baptized that way. Because you saw it in the Bible where people got baptized that way. But we didn't see in the Bible where anyone was sprinkled or anyone got baptized by immersion or submersion in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And that's why we preach you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Because nobody else, nobody in the Bible got baptized in the titles. Mm -hmm. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. But let before I go on to that, all I'm saying to you is there's a scripture that says, in Galatians, I believe it was, 3.27. I don't know if you were able to find it this morning, Patrice, because I didn't give you that text. Galatians 3.27, it says in 27... For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So let's go back to our definition and duo to put on. To go down into a fixed position, right? To be enveloped by, okay? And also to be consumed by. So baptism, some people have said, well, that's how you put on Christ. The only challenge I have with that is, if that's how you put on Christ, how come there are people that's been baptized that ain't going to heaven? Baptized in Christ, but not going to heaven. Because baptism is not the way to put on Christ. Baptism is is just you obeying his commandment to be baptized, to take on his name, and you want to hear what's one of the, 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 the best definition you can tell people why you should get baptized? To fulfill all righteousness. Where you get that from, preacher? When John the Baptist was baptizing people, here comes Jesus. And Jesus rolled up on him and he says, oh my goodness, this is the Lamb of God. I don't have need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. What was Jesus' response? Um, let, let me, let, let me, let me get some scripture real quick. Matthew chapter three, verse number 15. Let's see if we can get some scripture real quick to, uh, to, 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 to show you something. So why do we get baptized? And Jesus answered, said unto him, suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism is for us to obey, to fulfill the righteousness of God. But that's not how you put on Christ, is my point. 
That's, that's my point. That's not how you put on Christ. So Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. I'm working audiovisual hard today. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Not some things, in all things. God is supposed to have preeminence in all things, in your life and in everything else, God is supposed to have preeminence. My question to, the, to you today is, do you live your life where Christ Jesus have the preeminence in your life? Or do you go about doing what you want and keep asking him to forgive you or keep going around doing what you want? Says, Lord, you understand. I'm not trying to be bad. You know, are we living like that? Are we living doing our own thing and just keep on asking God? Let me tell you something. I can speak from my own standpoint because I'm, I'm never going to try to make myself different from you because God is using me in this capacity. I'm just like you. I'm flesh and blood just like you. And let me tell you a secret, church. If we keep doing the things that God say not to do, after a while, it will not convict you and you will be conformed to it and you will find yourself caught up by it and you will not get out of it and it will keep you from going to heaven. Keep you from going to heaven because you just continue to overlook it, overlook it. And that's what has happened to a lot of people. What the Bible says, conscience seared with a hot iron. It means that consciousness you're supposed to have that Jesus Christ is wanting to work in your life. And for you to obey him, you start overlooking it. And now all of a sudden, that's not even that big of a deal. Call it right, wrong and wrong, right. Because you did not pay respect to what he says you shouldn't do. You start just overlooking it. And then when the preacher talk about it, you get turned off by the preacher because you're saying that ain't that serious. There's a lot of things helping you this morning. There's a lot of things, Josiah, you and I can talk you right there. There's a lot of things, right, that is not that serious at the beginning. And you're right. But just like you raise your children, those of you that have raised children, and just like our father in heaven knows, it never started out big. The dude that robbed the bank, he didn't start robbing the bank right away. Right? He was taking quarters off his mom's dresser. I'll give you a good one. I won't call no names, but I know this one for sure. You just don't become big drug dealer just like all, just overnight. You started doing a little bit of hustling some other way, like buying candy at the store and taking it to school and selling it. That can either be a businessman, businessman mind, mindset where you do business later on or you can do the wrong business, which is start selling drugs. But you didn't start out right away doing that. Nobody start out committing murder. You want a good one? Remember Cain? Did Cain start off being a murderer? All Cain did was brought fruit to God instead of bringing a, a, a sacrifice that was live with blood. And God stood there and said, yo, dude, why are you bringing me that? You know you're not supposed to bring that. Just bring the right thing and we'll be good. But Cain, like so many people did, I don't see what's the big deal. Did not bring something anyhow. 
That's what a lot of us are doing to God. We're doing the cane on him. Like, God, I'm, at least I'm doing something right. Look at all them. That's not bringing nothing. I'm bringing something. I'm trying to teach you about God. Do not go to God and tell him about nobody else. Because God will not talk to you about nobody else. When you go to God, he want to talk to you about you. And so when he says what he wants from you, you better give him what he wants. I don't care how good you think it is. If it's not what he wants, it's unacceptable to him. So Cain stood there and says, God, take this or that's it for me because I don't see what's the big deal. I don't see why you're worrying about no blood sacrifice. I don't see why I got to bring you no lamb. I'm bringing you fruits. I'm bringing you the best of my fruits. So what's the big deal? I did do the sacrifice. Which remind me a scripture that's different than from that scripture. But here we go. God loveth a cheerful giver. But anyway, let's move on. And so Cain wanted to just tell him to accept it. And God says, listen to me. I'm, 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 I'm God almighty. I will always give you a chance to get it right. But I'm not going to accept wrong. I will always give you a chance to make it right because I'm merciful. I'm gracious. I'm loving. I'm kind. I will always give you a chance to make it right, but I will never accept wrong. So for all of us that are trying to get God to accept what we want to give him, just remember Cain. And guess what? Which is what's happening to a lot of us. That little disobedience that didn't seem like that dude to become a murderer. And not just murdering people out in the streets. Dude murdered his brother. How do you go from just not giving the right offering to God to being a murderer? Because it never started out big. It never started out big. So for all of us that keep on saying this, we love to say this. It's not that serious. I don't know why we're making that big of a deal about it. It might not look serious at the very beginning because it seems simple and don't seem like a big deal, but it will divert you and it will put you in a place where it's going to be something for you to get out of it. And unless you sincerely cry out to God, when you get stuck in that situation, you will find yourself committing murder. You will find yourself robbing banks. You know what I'm saying? You'll find yourself doing things that you would never dream that you would do because the little thing that God said you needed to do, you couldn't do that. That was the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. In everything, we have to put on Christ and make sure he has the preeminence in our life. Obviously, then putting on the Lord Jesus Christ must be the highest priority and the most encompassing thing in our life. Everything else we are to put on must be at the very most lesser a lesser component of put than putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So corruption, immortality, the new man, the various specified articles comprising the whole armor of God, bowels of mercy, and other expressions of love toward one another may all be components of what we need to put on. But it should not take on any precedence or preeminence over putting on Christ. Jesus is the one who is incorruptible. See, when you put on Christ, all the other things that the Bible describes, you're doing that. When you put on Christ, when all the other things that the Bible say to put on, 
You are already putting them on when you put on Christ. It's like this. God. If you read Matthew, where it says, what are the two greatest commandments? And of course, the two greatest commandments, love the Lord. Well, it's the Lord thy God is one God. And to love thy Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two greatest commandments, right? Uh, he said on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophet. What he's saying is, if you can't remember all of my commandments, if you can't remember all the to-dos, if you can't remember all the stuff that I want you to do, just operate in love. This is why love covers a multitude of sins. Just operate in love. So if you can't keep up with all the stuff that you need, just love. If you can't keep up with all the stuff in the Bible that you need to put on, just put on Christ. Ooh. When you, you got to make it as simple as you can so you can make this thing work in your life. And so the best way to put on everything you need to put on is by putting on Christ. But what do it mean when it says put on Christ? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the one who is incorruptible, immortal. The new man we are to put on is created in righteousness and true holiness and renewed in knowledge after the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the absolute expression of every component of the armor of God. He is the truth, our righteousness, the prince of peace, the one through whom we are dealt faith. He is our salvation. He is the word of God, the one who ever liveth to make intercession for all saints, the object of our faith, our hope of salvation, and he is love. He is the one who is most fully manifested, mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearance, forgiveness, and charity. He is all of that. So when we put him on, we put on all of that. Woo! But how do you put on Jesus? Genesis 3.21, unto Adam, also to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. It is manifest to all who study the scripture that the alternative to being clothed is nakedness. Adam and his wife sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves a girdle and cover. But the covering their labor provided did not prevent them from feeling their nakedness and the need to hide themselves from the Lord. Neither did it satisfy God as a covering for their nakedness. Church, I'm just letting you know you do whatever you want with this. You cannot dress yourself sufficely for God's approval. How can you say that, preacher? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, they dressed themselves because they realized they were naked. They dressed themselves and God did not approve of how they dressed themselves. So how you dress yourself, God will not approve of that. That's literally and spiritually. How you dress yourself in your way of thinking, in your experiences, in how you see things, the way you dress yourself. It's not up to God's standard. That's according to the word of God. Because if it was, when Adam and Eve 
got their girdling put on, he would have been like, okay, good, get out of my garden now. That's not what he did. He dressed them or redressed them, whatever you want to call it. It is apparent that man cannot fabricate an acceptable covering for his nakedness out of anything his own wisdom and genius can provide. We cannot go into heaven to bring Christ down from above and put him on. None of the religions of man have been able to produce an acceptable covering of our spiritual nakedness and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Now, listen to me. You might think you're covering, and yes, what we're talking about is spiritual, but don't you get it twisted that God care everything about you. So when he talking about covering, he wants you to cover up good physically, and he wants you to cover up good spiritually. The Lord God Almighty embraced to himself human existence and provided himself to be the propitiation for our sins and not for ours, ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But the whole world is not covered by the propitiation. Hell will have its multitude of people to whose sin Jesus was the propitiation. And this will be because not all men sink themselves down into the garment provided to be clothed. So the bottom line is what I said earlier. There are people that prophesy in his name. There are people that were baptized in his name. There are people that were filled with the spirit. There are people that go to church that they are spiritually naked, which means they will not receive eternal life. They will not make it in because part of your, what, your, your you making it into the kingdom of heaven is you have to put on Christ. You have to get spiritually clothed. Physically clothed. Too. Not everyone who call it him Lord, Lord, and prophesy in his name, and in his name cast out devils and do many wonderful works will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Neither the profession of revelation nor the works of wonder nor the combination of them can gain a man entrance into the kingdom of God. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. I can prophesy. I can lay hands. The works of God can manifest. But if I don't put on Jesus, I am not going to heaven. It requires something more fundamental than activity, more essential than conduct. It requires faith and living according to the character of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What is the garment that will be worn by the saints when they have successfully put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make it to heaven? What are we struggling to put ourselves into that we might not be found naked? And what's happening is, we're trying to put on something, but the question is, is it Christ? What are we trying to put on? What are we trying to put on? Are we trying to put on Christ or we're trying to put on what we want to put on? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us to understand, Lord Jesus, and not to dismiss your word. 
Help us, almighty God, to hold fast to your teachings, your instructions, that we will truly make heaven our home. Help us, Lord God, to get more attentive and serious about the things of God. Lord, I know that the end is nigh and your return for your church is at hand. Oh, God, help us that we will not stray in this hour. The night is far spent and the day is about to come and we cannot miss out on eternal life. And so, God, whatever you got to do in us and upon us, that we will be clothed in Jesus Christ, that we will. Help us not to be deceived. Church, we got to OD just a little bit. I'm talking to you. We got to OD just a little bit. We OD on so many things. We OD on video games. We OD on, on, on sports. We, we OD on social media. We OD on food. We OD on entertainment. And God is the last thing we want to OD on. And I'm telling you, we need to take a moment, a few more weeks, a few more months, and say, let me OD on Jesus Christ because I got to get it right before he returns. Just think about that. I'm talking to myself as well. We all deal with things. And we just can't just sacrifice 30 days or something and just say, let me OD on Jesus for these 30 days. Because if we ever do that, that might change us eternally, where we will never go back to who we used to be, where we'll never see things the old way, but that we will truly become transformed, that we can really be ready to meet Jesus. We can't just keep on just just existing. 2 Corinthians 5 and 2, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed, uh, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. We can't be found naked, church. For we that are in the tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. We need to be clothed with Jesus Christ. How will we be clothed with Jesus Christ? Revelation 3 and 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white remnant uh, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. It's shameful to be naked and anoint thine eye with eye salve that thou mayest see. Truly Christ is made unto us righteousness that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Very important portion of scriptures right there. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So there's two portions of scriptures here that's saying that we need to be made the righteousness of God. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning. I'm getting ready to close here. I'm here to tell you that when the Bible tells us to put on Christ, that garment uh, that's called Christ, because you can only put a garment on. That's what enduo meant. It meant to put on a garment. And so God is telling you in the literal sense, you can't put me on. 
but what you can put on is my garment of righteousness. You can't be righteous because you are already corrupt. But I love you so that I've made a way that you can be righteous, not of your own doing. But you need to put on this righteousness to be righteous. Garment of righteousness. So guess what? Your defilement, your corruption will no longer be seen. My righteousness covers everything. And so God is calling us to put on Christ. But what he's essentially saying is, I want you to put on this garment of righteousness. That's what it means to put on Christ is to put on righteousness. For if you are baptized in Jesus name and you are living righteously, guess what? You're good. If, 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 if you are doing everything you can to please him and you're living righteously, you're good. So in everything you're doing as a child of God, as long as you are doing it in righteousness, you have nothing else to worry about you will make it in because righteousness is what we call the garment of Jesus Christ and so I close we must consider what happens if we fail to put on the Lord Jesus Christ if we fail to put on righteousness if we fail to put him on, we must consider what will happen. We have been warned about what happens to one who comes among those gathered unto the wedding who failed to put on the proper garment. In Matthew 22, verse 8, it says this. Then said he to his servant, servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on wedding garment. This man came to the wedding not wearing the wedding garment. <laughs> and he said unto him, friend... How comest thou here, comest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment, question mark, and he was speechless. If we try to get to heaven without our garment, which is righteousness, we're going to be speechless when God asks us, where's your garment? We were looking. We all supposed to wear black. What's up with you? Except Cain's sacrifice. So as loving as God is, as kind as God is, as merciful as God is, he cannot accept wrong. That's probably the biggest thing you need to learn today about God. That no matter how loving or merciful or faithful or always making a way for us, no matter how much, he still will not accept wrong. We have to do right for him to accept it. What he will do, Josiah, is make every opportunity and way for us to do right.
So you don't do wrong with God. And he says, that's it. I'm done. No, he makes a way to try to get you to fix your wrong. That's what. But don't sit there or don't stand there or don't lay there wanting him to accept your wrong. He can't do it. So we might as well just get that out of our mind and walking around thinking that God understands and God knows. He does know. He does understand. But here is the decision. He cannot accept wrong. That's that's the decision. And we have the proof. Hold on to that proof that I'm giving you this morning. Cain brought something to God as an offering. He didn't just turn his back and say, later for you, dude. He brought something that in his estimation was valuable to him. And God says, "Mm -mm. bring me what I ask, not what you want to give me. That's heavy. And God is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, that's what it's going to be. His word go out and return, return unto him void. What he says is what it is. So we can't make God accept what we want him to accept. We have to do what he says. And so, and he said, verse 12, and he said unto him, friend, how comest thou hither having not wedding garment? And he said, and he was speechless. Then said the king, just kind of envisioned God. Then said the king to the servant, bind him and take him away and cast him out of darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All but few are chosen. Now you understand what it means. If you don't have on the garment, if you're not obedient, if you're not doing what God says, then you cannot make it. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is like putting on a garment, being enveloped in the garment, being immersed and that garment is righteousness when you hear put on the lord jesus christ just say to yourself i'm supposed to put on righteousness i'm supposed to clothe myself in righteousness i am not righteous but my god is righteous and when i take on his robe his garment of righteousness and i put it on me all my unrighteousness is now hidden and i now walk in righteousness and he is okay with that what is right here it goes the character or quality of being right or just. It is used to denote an attribute of God. The righteousness of God means essentially the same as his faithfulness or truthfulness, that which is consistent with his own nature and promises. Whatever conforms to the revealed will of God, whatever has been appointed by God to be acknowledged and obeyed by man, the sum total of the requirements of God, the gracious gift of God to men, whereby all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are brought into right relationship with him through obedience. This righteousness is unattainable by any merit of man's own or any other condition. This righteousness requires faith in Jesus Christ and obedience to his will. This is how we put on this righteousness is in faith and be 
obedience to his word. That's how we put on this coat of righteousness. You want to put on righteousness? Uh, it's by faith. It's by knowing who God is and trusting him for everything. Uh, and then says, whatever you say, Lord, that's what I'll do. Uh, that's how we put on this coat, this garment of righteousness. Uh, and when I don't like it uh, and when I don't know about what the future holds, I just have to keep on the coat of righteousness because that's how I put on Jesus. When you put on this coat of righteousness, when you put on Jesus, you will not understand everything you do. When you put on Jesus, this coat of righteousness, you will not always feel what you're doing. <laughs> you will not always like what you're doing. But, but because you want to be righteous and you are not capable of being righteous on your own, you know the only way to be righteous is by obeying him in faith. Faith means I don't have to see it to believe it. I don't have to, I don't have to understand it to do it. I just know him. And because I know him, I'm going to do what he says. Listen to me. Let's no longer continue to live our lives spiritually naked. Let's get dressed. Let's put on righteousness. Uh huh. We can't survive this present world being spiritually naked. Can I insert this real quick as we close? Stand with me. The devil is on the loose. The devil is after you. And he wants to get you entangled. Some of you know what that word means. He wants to get you entangled with stuff. To the point where you can't walk right and live right for Jesus. He is suddenly trying to get you consumed with things that are not important. With things that are not beneficial to your spiritual behavior and walk with God. He's trying to get you caught up so you can look in a different direction and not look to Jesus. And you got to make a decision today to put on righteousness. Because when you put on righteousness... You're going to try to do what's right at all times, no matter how you feel. Let's be honest, everybody. We got to realize that there are things that when you're living for God, we do that we don't feel. How many days for some of you, I'm not even going to put myself in this, that you wanted to just sleep in? How many days you wanted to just not attend something? How many days you feel like, I just don't even want to pray today? How many days you feel like, oh, I'm not reading no Bible? How many days you feel like, I don't even want to talk to people? But you do it anyhow. You do it anyhow. This is what we're talking about when we put on this garment of righteousness. We do it anyhow because he said so. We do it anyhow because it's a commandment from God. We do it anyhow because we love him. He wants us to put on Christ. But this putting on of Christ is just jumping into this garment called righteousness. Pull it all the way up. Let it envelop us. 
righteousness. We need to put on righteousness. We are able to become like Christ when we wear that garment of righteousness. When you put on that garment of righteousness, the devil look at you and all he can do is suck his teeth. Because there's nothing he can do about it. He can't do anything to you. But when you're naked, he will mess with you. When you're naked, his enticement will work a little bit better. When you're naked, you are more susceptible to his devices. But when you put on that garment and you clothe yourself with Jesus Christ, the righteous God, he can't do nothing with you. Let's no longer continue to live our lives naked. Let's get dressed. Let's put on the Lord Jesus. As long as we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, we will find it difficult to gratify our sinful desires. It's easy to do wrong when you're naked. Uh, that might be spiritual and physical. It's easy to do wrong when you're naked. And so in order to have a little bit more strength to resist wrong, you have to put on Jesus. Put on righteousness. And when you have on that coat, that garment of righteousness, you somehow find a little bit more strength to resist unrighteousness. I want you to take a few moments and put on righteousness before you leave here today. I want you to make up in your mind, but in your heart, before you even begin to pray, I want for you to begin to think about this before you even go before the Lord in prayer and not even waste your time because you're not wasting God's time and not even waste your time to, to, to claim you're going to put on this garment of righteousness, to claim you're going to put on Jesus when in actuality you're just saying words. But I want you to stop today and say to yourself, Lord, I really do want to put on Jesus Christ. I truly do want to be righteous. I want to be able to resist temptation of ungodliness. And I realize through the preaching of the word today, it's not until I put on Jesus Christ, which is my righteousness, his righteousness that makes me righteous. It's not until I put that on will I be able to be sustained and be able to resist unrighteousness. So if you truly want to be righteous, if you truly want to be able to resist temptations of ungodliness, let's take a few more minutes before we dismiss to talk to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray and ask this morning, oh God, this afternoon, that you help us. You have spoken to our heart and we are convicted, Lord God. But I know you didn't convict us because you don't love us. I know you convicted us because you wanted us to be changed. I know you convicted us, Lord God, because you want what's best for us. 
And you want us, Lord God, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You love us so that you want us to, Lord Jesus, do what you command because it's what's best for us. And we know, Almighty God, that until we do what you want, we will not be living our best life. We will be living an underprivileged life. A life, Lord God, that's beneath the life you have for us. And so I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you will help us. That you will rip out of us, tear away from us, Lord God, those desires that are from our flesh, Lord God. That you will cleanse us and wash us, Lord God. For, Lord, we want to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is your righteousness, so we can become the righteousness of God. So, Lord, we can truly be strengthened and able to resist ungodliness, unholiness, unrighteousness, sinfulness. Oh, we want to walk in righteousness. Oh, we want to live in righteousness. Oh, Lord God, we want to be who you want us to be, Lord God. And so today, Lord God, we put on that garment. We sink into that garment and position ourselves into that garment that's called righteousness. That, Lord, we will be enveloped by it. That, Lord, we will be consumed by it. That, Lord, we can walk in it and live in it. And, oh, God, be able to, oh, God, ward off all the things that are ungodly. Father, help us today. I pray for each and every person that is in this church right now and those that are part of our live stream. I pray for you right now that the righteousness of God will come upon you. And that you will be clothed, you will put on this garment of righteousness. That you will no longer allow unrighteousness to take a hold of you. That you will no longer, oh, give in to unrighteousness because you have on your garment. That garment that you will wear when you stand at heaven's gate. And you say, God, here I am. That garment that will allow you to enter in to eternal life. For if we are not dressed correctly in the garment of righteousness, we cannot enter in. We may be invited to the wedding, but if we don't wear the right garment, we will not sit at the table. And God, I pray today that you will help us to put on this garment, that we will be able to sit at the table and sup with you at this great wedding supper. Lord, bless us today. Strengthen us today. I pray that change will take place deep down in our soul and deep down in our spirits. Lord, have your way in our lives, Almighty God. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for being so loving, so merciful, so kind to us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are holy and you're righteous. And it is your endeavor, oh God, for us, your children, to be holy and to be righteous. Lord, help us today that we will be holy and that we will be righteous. That we will be clothed in that garment called righteousness to fulfill your purpose. To walk in righteousness and do your will. I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of us that truly, Lord God, allowed you to touch us. We give you praise. We honor you. There is none like you. We thank you today. Bless each and every home that is represented here today. Oh, God, bless Josiah as he go back to college, Lord. Keep your hand upon him, Lord God. Let your will be done in his life, Lord God. I pray that he will walk 
in righteousness. That garment, Lord God, that he will put it on and walk all throughout campus in righteousness. That, Lord God, temptation, when it comes, he will ward it off because he's walking in that garment of righteousness. Bless, Lord God, Ethan and Shauna's marriage, Lord God, in a special way. In a special way. That they will experience happiness. That they will experience all your goodness. And that they will be a blessing to others. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, those that are viewing today online, I pray that you'll bless them, their home, and let the will be done, the will of God be done in their life, in their home. Today I pray, oh God, for Todd. Oh God, open his eyes to your truth. Deliver him from strongholds. Set him free, oh God, from the entanglements of this life and this world. And I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that the hand of God will come upon him and he will be set free. And then the power of God will overshadow him. And then, oh God, he will surrender and submit to your will. Bless him, his home, his family. Oh, do a work in that home. Do a work in their family, Lord God. That righteousness will come into that home, that garment that they need, Lord God. Lord, I thank you today. I praise you and honor you for all these things I pray and ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Church, I love you. You have a wonderful day. Let holiness be the garment. Righteousness be the garment that you wear today. And let God's light shine brightly from your life. God is working in your life. Trust him. Don't get anxious, but just have faith. Walk by faith and trust God. Have a wonderful day. Love you.